So just a reminder, um, if you're listening online, to watch the video first. You can find it in the Life Group notes. And then what this is is a short discussion um, on essentially what we've just seen. Um, the video started by asking, uh, who, who do you look like, your mother or your father? So, so Steve, who do you look like, your, your mother or your father? Uh, the milkman. <laughs> I think your mother listens to the podcast. Ah, sorry, ma'am. I was really joking. <laughs> I, I, I actually look like my mother. Yeah, tell um, stories like your mother as well. Oh. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Thanks. Um, more seriously, it, it, you know, Gemma started, the host started on the video talking about um, uh, the story of Nicodemus and Nicodemus' conversation with Jesus and where Jesus tells Nicodemus that he needs to be um, born again. Now, I suppose if you've grown up around Christians, it might be a familiar phrase um, or you may at least heard of the, the idea of a born-again Christian. But actually, I think this is quite a hard thing to wrap our heads around. Um, and what they said on the video was it's this idea of, of, of God's spirit connecting with our spirit to create a new life. And I quite like that idea. I think that's a good way of thinking about it. And then um, uh, Father, um, hold on, let me just check his name. Raniero Cantelamessa. I think that deserves an applause. <laughs> Fun to say. Um, by the way, did you see his job title? The, yeah. the personal preacher wow. for, the, for the Pope. I'm not quite sure what that entails, whether the Pope doesn't have a TV and he just sort of stands in the corner. and I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting it's, job, it's, isn't it's it? It's a great one to put on the CV, though, isn't it? It is, it really. is. Um, but he kind of expands on that idea a little bit more. What did you think of, of his words? Well, first of all, I thought, I thought he was just brilliant. Mm. I just, just loved the guy. And um, he, he said, to experience the Spirit is like being born again. And most of us here today will probably know that um, that's one of the ways that Jesus explained and described the, the Christian faith. Um, that when you become a Christian, everything comes alive. God comes alive. The Bible comes alive. The world around us comes alive and our, our place in it. And um, I agree with Gemma when she said that uh, the word born again or the words born again have become a little bit cliched. Mm. Well, I think that's probably true over the years and that Christians are sometimes uh, viewed with, uh, with suspicion and sometimes they're portrayed in the media by the things that they're against rather than the things that they're for. But I think that the words that Jesus used are, are, are just incredible and wonderful because they describe so well what has happened, what the Spirit has done within our lives, that we have become anew, that we see things very, very differently. And I think it's a great description. Um, when I made a decision uh, nearly 40 years ago now to, to follow Jesus, my experience was as if everything had become new. It was almost as if I had new eyes, as if I'd been born all over again, as Jesus said. And the way that I could liken that is, um, you know, for those who enjoy watching sport, when Julie and I were first married, we had this 14-inch uh, monochrome uh, portable television, you know, with the old coat hanger aerials, and you had to just get it at the right time of the room. Transferring that for a 50-inch um, color, uh, high-definition set, because, you know, the you're actually watching the same stuff. You know, if you're watching sport, you're watching the same game. If you're watching a film, you're watching the same film. But 
everything is different and it was almost as if you have new eyes to see I remember Jane there sitting on the front row Jane when you give your testimony on your baptism uh, I, I'm sure it was that, that occasion anyway I remember you were at the front and you, you told the story of um, uh, falling off your wheelchair into a puddle in Kingsbury Water Park and instead of having a moan and a groan about it <laughs> you, you saw all the little wildlife that were uh, floating around and you were just utterly amazed and you started praising God rather than having a moan and a groan and I think that that's a, a wonderful illustration really of the difference that Jesus can make in our lives the difference the Spirit makes uh, and we just see things see, see things anew um, Father Raniero Ran, Ran, what's his name again? Hold on, I've got it phonetically right now Raniero Cantalamessa Yeah, him, him he came up with a, a, a great uh, phrase which I wrote down. There cannot be a more rewarding experience than to experience the Holy Spirit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, I, it's certainly been true in my own life as well. And I, I think the other thing um, Raniero said was um, that he doesn't change anything, but he changes everything. Um, and as an odder sentence as that is, it's so true. When I first became a Christian, um, I was still the same person. I was still the sum of my experiences. I was still um, slightly awkward. Uh, but yet, I was different inside. And it was, like, um, it was like a light had come on. Like everything was brighter or clearer somehow. And I had this profound sense of being loved and belonging um, and also like a profound sense of purpose. Um, and I found that my outlook on life had changed and I, I wanted to do things I hadn't done before and be involved uh, in ways I'd never thought I should be and I wanted to tell others about Jesus. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I was part of a church that, that allowed me to do that. Um, and in many ways I'm really grateful that, that I came to faith when I was young because as I look back I can see how the Holy Spirit has worked in me over the years and how he has changed me and my opinions um, as I've grown, I guess, in my walk with him. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Gemma, the uh, presenter, she spoke a lot about the Spirit as uh, the one who reveals that we are children of God and that God has become our Father. Mm. Uh, do, do you think it's important to understand that we are adopted into God's family as his children. Is, is that something which is really important for the Christian faith, do you think? Yeah, I do. And I think it's important because I think a lot of people, um, they don't know who they are. And I think we have a tendency to define ourselves by our external reality. So for a lot of people, they define themselves by their job. You might say, I'm a doctor or, uh, you know, I work in retail and... And for some people, we define ourselves by a family. You know, we say, I'm a father, or, or perhaps I'm adopted. Well, we define ourselves by what we see in the world. And, you know, we compare ourselves to, to things we see in the media or things we see around us. And often we're left feeling quite inadequate. Well, I am, anyway. Um, and, you know, sometimes you meet people that it's like their whole life has been defined by something that was said to them by somebody else, a word that was said to them, you know, they were called at one time um, worthless or, or, or useless or, or, or not good enough. And it's like their whole life has become defined by, by those words of somebody else. And um, the, the thing is, none of those 
things, our job, our family, our work, the world, can tell us who we really are. I think the only one who can tell us who we really are is God. And he does. He calls us his, his beloved children. He says that we're holy and dearly loved by him. And I think that perhaps the most wonderful thing about that is that God doesn't change. You know, when we define ourselves by our work and it goes wrong, then, then we go wrong as well. And family situations can change. Families fall apart and, and, and society and, and the world around us seems to be constantly in flux. I couldn't tell you what this uh, colours, the colours are in this season. I've no idea. Um, but, but that's the problem, is it? But God doesn't change. God's love remains the same forever. Um, you know, Jesus said um, that, that, that a slave uh, has no permanent place, but a son belongs to the family forever. Yes. And I think the great thing is that we get to live in that reality day to day, and we get that assurance that we are loved by God. So, I, yeah, I think it's hugely important, and a, a really important word. Brilliant. Okay, what a, gr- what a great answer. Again, I love um, what Gemma had to say about, uh, she, she quoted that uh, 11th century Christian, mm. an old Archbishop of Canterbury by the name of Anselm, and he came out with this uh, uh, phrase where he said, I do not seek to understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. And I think that's an utterly wonderful truth, I really do. You see, many people... Um, they think that if they can understand more and more and more and more, then maybe they may be able to get to that place where one day they're able to believe. And some people think that way. If I can have all my questions answered, then I would believe. But Anselm turns that kind of thinking on its head. And he says, for I do not seek to understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. In other words, the moment that we we, we trust God, even though we might have nowhere near all of our questions answered, or the majority of our questions answered, the Holy Spirit enlightens us, enlightens our thinking. He gives us new eyes to see. And uh, spiritually speaking, the penny drops. And it all begins to make sense. And when we make that move in, in God's direction, Uh, He reveals more to us of his person, more of his love. We have more understanding. It's a little bit like that principle that we find in Scripture um, of taste and see that the Lord is good. The tasting comes first, and then the experiencing that uh, that follows. Yeah, I'd agree. And I I think the experience is different for all of us. I think we experience the Holy Spirit in different ways. And, um, in fact, we... We were talking about it in our life group this week, and, and some people were a little bit um, concerned about some of the the weird things that happen with, with, with people sort of falling over or becoming um, incredibly emotional, um, you know, with the Holy Spirit. What do you make of all of that? Um, sometimes I would say that th- those things happen, and, um, you know, some people can actually be quite emotional in their response to the Holy Spirit and they respond with tears or laughter or speaking in tongues or they feel quite overwhelmed. But that doesn't happen to everyone. And I would say that we shouldn't feel cheated if we don't experience all of those emotions. Uh, Most often I believe that the Holy Spirit works in our lives quite quietly. And many of those who were interviewed both in this video this week and also last week, they um, unmistakably had... Um, a, a special touch, anointing, call it what you may, of the Holy Spirit. 
but yet it was quite undramatic for them. Some of them received a, a deep sense of joy when they had nothing particularly to be joyful about. You know, their lives were a bit of a mess. There was uh, lots of bad stuff going on, and yet, quite miraculously, they received joy. Others received a new sense of love, a love for God and a love for others. Some of them had a peace. It was a peace that they couldn't really explain, certainly according to the circumstances of their lives. Still others became just very, very deeply aware of how much they are loved by God and how wonderful God is and how secure they are in his um, safekeeping. Still other people had a, a new desire, a new desire to pray, a new desire to tell others. That was something that we saw in this video this week. You know, a lot of them just couldn't find enough people to tell what was happening in their lives. And for yet other people, it's a new appreciation and understanding, I would say, of the scripture. So the Holy Spirit seems to work quite differently in one person to, to the next. Yeah, and I, th I think it works differently at different points in our life as well. Um, you know, certainly there have been times um, in my life where I've experienced joy from God, sort of an uncontrollable joy and laughter, and, and, and other times it's just a sense of God's peace. Um, sometimes it's comfort when, when facing a difficult situation. Um, and I, th I think, you know, the Bible speaks about how God knows what we need before we ask it. And I think that the Holy Spirit ministers to us in our need as we, as we go through. That's brilliant. The one thing I'm very aware of on, on a morning like this, um, when it comes to the, the subject of the Holy Spirit, is that we can actually do a lot of talking. We can do a lot of theory and theology. But I don't believe that we should ever really stop there. And my guess is this morning that within this congregation... Uh, there will be many people who are saying we don't need any more words about the Holy Spirit. But what we actually need is to know his presence and his power in our lives. And maybe this morning you are here and you feel that your Christian life is stuck very much in second gear when it comes to God. Yes, you're faithful to God, you love God, you serve God in all sorts of ways, but yet you just feel that you haven't progressed very far. You, you're stuck in the slowly and stuck in second gear. You feel dry. God feels very much far away to you. You feel spiritually thirsty. The words of Jesus in John chapter 7. If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow within him. And today, you might be a Christian and yet not experiencing the power of God's Spirit working in you and through you. Um, as somebody once put it, you might have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit really have you? And we want to just take a, a few moments now towards the end of our service just to pray. To pray for those who really feel that the things that I've already said very much apply to you. Guys, if you'd like to come back and uh, lead us in a, a closing song, and uh, we will pray in a moment's time. But let me just elaborate on this for a moment. And just say that the, the Spirit brings freedom. Uh, freedom from whatever binds our hearts. And He releases us from spiritual blockages in our lives. And I don't know if that's a way that you've ever thought of of it, you think, oh yeah, 
there's this, this, this kind of blockage within my life, not really sure how to get past that. And that, again, is the work of the Holy Spirit. For some people, it might be some kind of addiction. For others, it might be fear, fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of other people's opinions. For yet others, it may be some guilt. It's amazing, you know, the people that I talk to, sometimes the guilt that they carry around with them for many, many years, things that have happened in the past, and they just carry this baggage. They've, they, they've asked God for forgiveness, but it doesn't seem that they're able to break through and forgive themselves. Or unforgiveness. Maybe that as much as you've tried over the years to forgive another person, you just, just seem to be coming back to that place of unforgiveness. And you simply can't do it yourself. These are the areas, if I can put it this way, where the Holy Spirit is expert. We, whatever we try in our own ways, in our own strength, is so often not enough. And what we need is a spiritual breakthrough in our lives. And today we're going to pray. Would you stand, please?